It's the Renthal Reaction Show for breaking moto news, hot topics, and moto by the minute. Welcome, everybody, to another Renthal Reaction podcast. This is JGRMX shutting its doors down, unfortunately, as well as we're going to talk about a little bit of Brock Tickle replacing Justin Hill over at the Smart Top uh, Bullfrog Spas MCR team as well. So a couple of big things in the sport this past week, and uh, so there's lots to talk about when it, when it comes to uh, the sport right now. Renthal, uh, Renthal.com for more information. A fraction of a second, a few grams, a couple of millimeters. It all counts. Welcome to the winning world of Renthal, whether it's the Fat Bar 36 that Roxon won on this past year, Eli Tomac running uh, Renthal bars to the championship, uh, Adam Cincerilla running Renthal. Uh, Renthal's got you covered, 7 8 bar, Fat Bar 36, Twin Wall bar, or the original Fat Bar. Uh, Renthal.com for more information on that. The undisputed global leader in manufacturing design since 1969. Bet you didn't think Renthal uh, had been around that long, but they have. They're notorious for a relentless obsession of detail and quality through their commitment to produce the finest products on the market today, sprockets, bars, grips, uh, much, uh, much chains, much, much going on over at Renthal.com. So to welcome uh, you to the podcast to talk about that and more, it's uh, Renthal's own Paul Parabinos. What's up, Paul? How are you? What's up, Steve? I'm good. Um, yeah, we got some more news to talk about. Yeah. Um, hopefully you know a little bit more than me because I don't know a ton, so wow. I'm going to speculate a bunch here. But... You had Dean Wilson's wedding on the weekend, so you weren't exactly in uh, you know, uh, Sherlock Holmes mode this weekend trying to f- figure stuff out? So. No, not at all. I was uh, the I was not in that mode even close. To, um, <laughs> it was it was hard to get in the mode to re to record this podcast today. To yeah, with you. yeah. Well, so, hey, listen, uh, people are really digging these things because you know that because we're getting hit up when things happen in yeah. the sport. People hit us up. Uh, where's the rental reaction pod? So it's really cool. Thanks, people, for for liking these and uh, and asking for them by name. So that's cool. Yeah, um, that I appreciate that. I love that people are starting to ask for it by name and call it the rental reaction pod and people are on it uh, asking us to do it so yeah I am, i'm with you i dig that people are reaching out asking for it before we get too far into stuff uh, i got a question on twitter i know the answer to this but maybe with you, when your old dealings at pro taper or your new dealings now at rental you can fill us in a little bit more i got a question um do the riders get royalties from the bar bends that uh, they're named after you know the reed henry and, and button and Wyndham and rc bend and and all of this and i know they don't but um, what goes into that, and how who decides that, and how does it work, and and all of that stuff when you decide to name a rider uh, and his bend? Yeah, um, so I, I think the trend of doing that in handlebars started way before I was ever around. Obviously, um, I was probably just racing; I was so young. But um, uh, I I don't recall or know if those riders got royalties back then. I would I would assume no, and I would probably say I'm 95 percent correct in that they probably did not. Um, right. And then today today I I think it's fallen a bit more by the wayside. Um, we just have so many different bends these days, and riders come and go. And I think you know if you have a a Henry bend or something, you're really dating the product by having a name you know that's you know long come and gone through the sport. So. You know, at Renthal, we're at least kind of moving towards kind of how what BMW and Mercedes do with their cars, and we're just giving everything a number. But yeah, a lot of people identify their handlebar by the name. Yeah. Um, and we're trying to do that by the numbers, obviously, which I think we're doing decent at it. But yeah, um, I think you know now nowadays it's a little different. 
I know some brands pay a certain ambassadors royalties or whatnot, but I don't know that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just a regular bar Ben name. No one's getting royalties on that. And you, you know, the, it's infamous. The guys at Pro Taper had a Henry Bend forever, and then Chad liked it, and all of a sudden it became the Henry Reed Bend. So yes. at some point, Chad's going to be in the rearview mirror. So do you add a third rider to the list? Like it, it, it starts being complicated when you start doing that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. And I, and I think in the, I think it's also just a little. It's flattering for the rider to have a Bend that's named after him. So I think they're usually pretty stoked on it um and it's one of those things for the i think the handlebar company where they don't feel that that name is is really making a huge sales difference right um so oftentimes it's just that a handlebar was created for a unique rider mm -hmm. and then other riders started asking for it and it became more popular and that's yeah. how it, it finds itself yeah. in production check out the jimmy button bend <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, all right, let's get into this. So, yeah, JGRMX. Uh, I think they started in 2007. Um, they uh, they folded up their shops. Of course, uh, Suzuki. They were Suzuki supported the last few years. They've uh, they've run the Yamaha program under there when they started. And man, I I am bummed. We lost Geico, and that's that's one thing for sure. And I don't know why, Paul, but this JGR thing hits me a little harder. As far as like, man, does that suck? Because this team. Should have been, could have been great. Now, they had some successes. They had race wins. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But uh, a little bit of a unwilling partner in Suzuki the last few years. From what I hear, Suzuki was funding their program, obviously, with bikes and parts and support. It was the only official Suzuki factory team. But they also were giving them, I heard, in the range of $1.3 million a year to run their program. Uh, this year, they offered $300,000. And uh, owner, Corey Gibbs over there, was simply, you know, flabbergasted, tried to negotiate. Suzuki wouldn't come up. And, he, you know, he, he told me, he actually called me um, after oh. insulting me uh, about having uh, no listeners and nobody cares what I think. And then after yelling at me about the election and after um, also insulting Wygant for a while, he got, we, we had a pretty good talk. Um <laughs> Which is Corey's, Corey's nature, right? Um, and, and those fingers, he didn't give me those figures. I heard it from a source over there, JGR, not from Coy. But basically, Coy confirmed all that and was like, look, I, I can't continue to be dumb. I, I will put my own money into this thing. Um, you know, he's very busy on the NASCAR side, and he wants to go racing. He loves dirt bike racing, even though he's been away from it a little bit. Um, but he just can't simply make up that deficit from Suzuki. So... Um, yeah, this is more on Suzuki to me than JGR. JGR was willing to go around with a quote-unquote subpar lineup uh, and go racing and represent Suzuki the best they can. But when, when Suzuki comes in with an offer like that, you know, Koi can't, can't help but, but do that. So, um, yeah, and you dealt with Koi, uh, Paul, over at your old gig um, as well. So, and Jer Jeremy Albrecht, of course. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I got from this thing. Yeah, I mean it's it's awful for sure, right? When they first burst onto the scene, um, JGR, it was it was just like a perfect match, right? It's this NASCAR team; they're going to build their shop out of the NASCAR shop, have assets to all these, you know, machinery and team and staff and assets and um and and they yeah they were they're a legit factory team as soon as they showed up, right? And and it's we've heard rumblings of difficulties through the last few years now, right? So um, I would imagine Coy's patients have have just run thin and i think with everything that has come in 2020 I, I and oftentimes i shrug my shoulders a little bit when everyone's like oh it's great you know covid's great for power sports everyone's killing it and yes that is true to an extent but it's also very untrue to an extent and i have to believe that covid had a huge huge amount of uh 
a, a huge effect on on Suzuki's mm-hmm. offer to JGR this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to explain something. Something has to explain why they they you know drastically offered less money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, that's just and that's that's you're already kind of going racing with a, a dated product in a Suzuki. That's I, I'm not trying to say anything bad, but that's accurate. Um, and and now when you don't get all that financial support, sure, Koi's been putting his own money into it for a bit. I think everybody knows that, but you don't want to. You can't fund the entire thing. It's just way too expensive. And and now we're here. Um, you know, mid November and you have to, you have to make that decision as soon as you can. So you can allow your staff the best situation they can to try to try to, you know, go find new employment somewhere. It's already late. Um, Really? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's already late for that for sure. Um, so Suzuki's going to go racing with HEP, um, you know, with some level of support. And, and I, I question the future of that program, uh, as far as being on Suzuki's, right. You have to think, like whatever level they're at will be reduced in the coming years. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is, or or, or think positively about is, is I would think that maybe Hep now has gotten a level of support that's greater than than they've had in the past. Now there is not as much support to sprinkle around instead of having two teams, you know, or JGR had a two fifty, a four fifty, and then Hep had a team. Now it's just Hep. So you would think that Hep got some of JGR's support in the last week or at least are negotiating for it i would hope um which can make them more of a solid effort and hopefully suzuki still sees the need to market and and uh market their you know their rmz models and go racing still right so that's going to be on hep's shoulders now which they have a good lineup over there and we wish them the best but but it's still just it's it's sad to to see jgr go especially a lot of those guys that moved their lives across the the country to live in north carolina work at jgr and 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 yeah, it's just it didn't work out. You know, when they downsized a couple of years ago, they offered a few more than a few guys jobs in the cup shop, and I know some of them took advantage of that. Glenn is is over there working away, and and so I wonder, you know, if the guys now will be Coy is a really good guy, despite. Oh, by the way, he also blamed Phil uh, for the program shutting down because Phil uh, shut down Phil's Canadian team shut down. And so uh, he was thinking that Phil had something to do with everything shutting down. So, yeah, uh, like that, like just being associated yeah. with him. He's walked in that shop before. Yeah, yeah, things yeah. Things like that. But, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I, I got to think Coy's a good guy. I think he's he'll try to do the right thing and get these guys jobs. Uh, some of them will accept it. Some of them won't. You know, and and, and um, maybe he comes back. He didn't. When I talked to him, he didn't rule out coming back. When I spoke to him last week, he told me ninety percent chance I'm done. You know, and I was like, yeah. I was like, fuck. I was like, just trying to hold out for that extra ten percent. You know, but. It didn't sound good, and he just said, "I'm, I'm just, I'm, I can't keep being an idiot for this long." And let's face it, with his brother's passing away, he is full time cup guy now. You know what I mean? And that's that's the family yeah. jewel, that's the family business. So, um, it's really unfortunate for the sport. And when I think about that, and I think about the Geico team, um, it's not good. Uh, I'm not gonna, you know, put the doomsday hat on and start yelling and screaming about the sport because viably, it's it's economically it's very viable, right? When you you pre COVID times. You get a lot of people in those stadiums on a Saturday night. You have ten thousand plus at these nationals, so there there is a sport there that has interest. It has a TV contract and all of that. So I'm not going to put my doomsday hats on for the sport, uh, but man, that is a blow to riders and mechanics for for those two teams. Yeah, it's hard, man. And and we lost two teams this year, obviously. And but 2020 has been a dumpster fire, right? And and it has affected our sport. I I I don't know. If, I don't, we haven't talked about this ourselves, but do you think COVID had anything to do with Geico's 
leaving the sport at I, all. I do think that, yeah, their contract was up this year, um, and I think all corporations are playing it safe, right? Um, yeah. They all got to look at their books. I know somebody from that team told me if it wasn't COVID, they, don't, they didn't think that Geico would pull their deal. You know, just so happened yeah, okay. that the contract was up this year. Now, they don't know that, but that's just their thinking. Yeah, and so so we're in agreement then. Yeah, I think I think absolutely COVID had had something to do with that deal. Um, I heard that there was a new marketing person up at Geico, but still, still the effects that the economy has taken has had some sort of a toll. And and I agree with what what you you just said. They said is yeah. uh, is I don't think it would have happened if if we didn't have the pandemic. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the one thing that was scary for JGR for me, and I've ranted and raved across my shows about this was. They can get in the meeting. They can get in the door of any Fortune 500 company out there um, with their program and their cup shop program and everything else. And they could not get a title guy for their uh, um, for their team for their remote across team. They couldn't really get anybody. And you know, the last few years that's hurt. Now, obviously, Koi. There was a casino that was on board, but it was more of a business partnership from the way Koi told me. So it wasn't a full title sponsor of, of the race team only. Um, it was tied into a bunch bunch of other business interests. Now they could have done that, but it, like as economically, it just didn't work out for Koi. But man, it's scary when David Evans and, and Jay Bone and Koi can't get, bring in somebody from outside uh the industry for sponsoring that team because they have such an advantage and that that last few years that should be the warning a little bit about the about our sport yeah that's a great point and and that was one of the most exciting things about jgr is when they when they first burst onto the scene i mean they showed up with toyota and and for all those reasons you just said you would have thought that oh man it's going to be really easy for them or or if anybody has the ability to get an outside outside you know the sports sponsor to help fund their team these would be the guys to do it and continued to not be able to pull that together and not do that and um yeah i mean we just teams come and go in our sport we it's 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 a sad reality right there'll be more teams hopefully they'll stick around and um but yeah we lost two really big big ones this year and um, they, they, and they, they were cool, man. They were cool to have her in our sport. They were yeah. awesome to be around. You dealt with them, obviously, at Pro Taper. You dealt with Jer- Jeremy and Coy, and uh, their pits were always a cool place. You know, they, they they looked at things outside the box a little bit. You know, they argued with Yamaha over things, and they switched to Suzuki. Um, you know, a little bit of uh, frustration with that because they, they kind of looked at the sport a little bit. Okay, you guys are all in this box, and this is how you've been doing it for so long, but we think we can do it this way. And, and and they did some really cool things, and it just, man, it, it, we really could use them in a sport. You know, it, it, yeah. it gave our sport instant credibility. Yeah, and I mean, their idea to to have the entire race shop, the entire team, the gym, the facility, everything there in North Carolina is kind of a model that's very similar to what KTM and Husky are doing with Alden Baker and and J Bone and and Coy and the JGR guys were kind of that was their idea. It just. It just didn't work. It didn't stick for them. And I don't know if that's just the personalities or the athlete, you know, athlete personalities of the time or the location or what have you. But, um, I mean, their thinking was correct. They, to do that, it just, it just didn't work out. Remember they made their own shock for a little while. They're running their own shock. You know, yeah, like all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, when, when Bubba was there, they were thinning out radiators and making their own plastic and, and yeah, doing all kinds of really cool, I mean, their bikes were always, you know, as the, the mechanic side of me, when I was a mechanic, they were, you know, their bikes were always interesting to look at because again, they could, they made some really cool, neat things. I thought their adjustable linkage that they kind of created was very cool. That's been adopted. Oh, that's by right. Yeah. I forgot about now. that. Right. Yeah. They their adjustable, yeah. um, 
adjustable subframe they made. Yep. That was them. Yep. That was pretty cool too. So yep. yeah, they always made really cool stuff. Yeah, they really did a good job with that. And uh, and when I think about them over the years, I think like look they, they and I and I've talked to Jeremy Albrecht about this a little bit here and there. They they tried to do the right things, right? They you just brought up the everybody in North Carolina. Everybody training with their with their trainer and everybody you know going together like a, like a football team, which is what Coy Gibbs' background is, right? With Joe, and it didn't work, but they tried it, and then so that didn't work, and they had to adjust their their thinking to that, and then um, they wanted to uh, take big swings and, and 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 buy champions, right? They they bought Stu, and it didn't work out. A little bit of the, the new Yamaha's fault, a little bit of James's fault. Uh, they they swung with Barsha, uh, didn't work out, and then they switched to Suzuki, and that that bike wasn't quite where it needed to be, and Barsha was frustrated, and then they go back and they're like, look, we got this Weston Pike kid. They literally mold this dude into a podium guy at times, which is phenomenal. When you remember Weston Pike in the LCQs with the Rock River team, which you and I do remember those days, and they took Pike and did a lot of hard work with Weston uh, on his own part, and then the team he. Freaking podium supercrosses and he podium outdoors. Phenomenal, right? Uh, and then he goes and gets seriously hurts, ends his career in Paris, and he was going to be their number one guy that next year. And when I so when I think of JGR's legacy, I think of what could have been more than what was. Paul, you know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. that's sort of what I think about. It's like they were the roadrunner, or they were the coyote, and they looked to have the roadrunner, and then the, the anvil just fell on them over and over. But not for a lack of trying or spending money or or, or or reshaping things or being open-minded or anything else. It was just unfortunate circumstances that they didn't have more success than what they than what they really did. Yeah, honestly, yeah, it's just it's a, it was a lot of bad luck. And you know, I've I again I've worked with those guys a little bit as a as a sponsor as a brand. They're always a pleasure to work with. They're always very organized. yeah. How was it? How was it to work with them? They were they were mellow. They were easy. I mean, yeah. Um, he, and yeah, J Bone was always communicative. Com- communicative. He would return calls. He would he would say and you know he would do what he said he was going to do. Right, which yep, is yep. oftentimes asking too much for some people <laughs> in this industry. Yeah, right. But um, uh, yeah. I mean, they were always great to deal with. And and you know, we've we've talked to many riders. Have been through the program, and there's never really some you know nobody ever really knows what exactly it is that you know why they couldn't get to that championship level. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's good people over there, good, smart people. I mean, Dean Baker is a friend of mine. He's a very, very smart guy. He's been there since the beginning. Um, and yeah, honestly, I just threw, whenever these things happen, I feel for the staff because I kind of, you know, we've both been there, right? Steven. Yeah. And I was scarily there one time when, uh, I decided to leave pro circuit to try to go to Jeff Ward racing with, with Dean and I kind of saw and smell something that maybe was going to happen. And I got, I got scared and I bailed because again, I didn't want to turn into December one when it, when it went belly up. And then by that time, there's no job available left, right. In December, right. you have to, that's why I think, you know, it's, it's tough for the staff there. They just found out in November. It doesn't leave a lot of time to try to find a new spot. If you want to stay in no. racing and supercross. Yeah. No, not at all. And like I said, I hope, you know, Corey be able to find some of these guys jobs in the cup shop and, Maybe he comes back. You know, he didn't rule it out. I, I asked him to come on the show on Monday, uh, the Pulp MX show. It depends on when you're listening to this. And he said he couldn't do it. He was still super bitter. Um, yeah. Also, too, hey, another thing. You thought about all those things they did and all the stuff that they innovated. And for, they also signed Phil Nicoletti as just a fill-in. Just, hey, that was, we're, we're going to yeah. pay you. You're going to practice. You're going to train. 
And if we have an injury, you're coming in. And Phil actually it ended up working beautifully. Phil raced more races, I think, in each of those years where he was a fill-in than when he was anywhere near supposed to. And that was JGR doing that, you know? Yeah, that was another innovative move. You're right. That 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 um they deserve credit for pioneering for sure. That was a cool move, which I think some other teams have somewhat adopted it since then. Um, everybody has a test guy these days, but uh, but yeah, that, yeah, it was just cool that their tester was also somebody that was ready on the yeah. bench to fill in and at a at a moment's notice. And that was something that's that to me is really showing respect to their sponsors too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they all have obligations in their contract, and they just wanted to be sure that hey, like. We're going to have two bikes on the track no matter what every single time. So if one guy gets hurt this weekend, we got a guy ready for the next weekend, which was cool. Yep. And then, you know, of course, they ran Suzuki's 250 program for a couple of years there with two trucks, and they did that for a little bit. Um, so, that yeah. That been tough. Yeah. Like, it wasn't been, for a lack I've of trying. gone through that. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going was, from one team to two is a big ordeal. But it'll be interesting. So, you know, you put this on Suzuki's fault. You, you, you know, they didn't have a title sponsor for a long time and they still went racing. I really, you know, like I said, from what I hear, Suzuki lowballed their offer. So that leads me to believe like, hey, listen, we just got gas gas, uh, but but they didn't really add a team, right? They they just uh, put red plastics on TLD team. But we're, yeah. we're, we're losing an OEM here uh, at some point. I mean, Hep's there, like you said, but... It's not a good thing when Suzuki when Suzuki does this. So, um, you know. Yeah, yeah. And again, I think that that circles back to to, you know, the effect COVID has had on the on the sport and sales and I don't think Suzuki is has done very well because of it. I'm I'm quite positive actually. Yeah. Um and and yeah, I think there you've seen their their support decrease in other segments of racing and street bikes and and whatnot. And I believe like, yeah, that you know, that Yoshimura shop at at Suzuki, or uh, I'm sorry, the Suzuki shops at Yoshimura, I believe that's all gone. I've heard rumors of a really high up guy at Suzuki that's been there forever was recently told he'll be let go. Or yeah, is, Pat or Alexander. Is on his way out. Yeah, Pat, Pat, yes. is, Pat okay. is no longer there. Right. Yep. Okay. I yep. wasn't positive. I had heard that no, yeah, he's one not. source, but um, never verified. But yeah, like, so when you let a guy like that go, man, it's um, it's just gnarly. They got to be going through some stuff over there. Well, I mean, yeah. RIP to JGRMX. Let's hope they come back. Uh, Coy didn't shut the door on that. I, he loves the sport, man. I mean, look, he wasn't even at – he was at barely at any races the last few years because of his work on the NASCAR side, and he kept this thing going. And like he told me, I could only, you know, be dumb for so long or something, he said. I can only be stupid for so long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so we need more people like that, and uh, and it was really cool for them for them to be in the sport for all those reasons we just said. And I, li- I like how he hasn't, yeah, totally – said he's over it which which i think is awesome because you know i think that shop will sit there it'll probably you know just become a storage unit for a little bit and maybe if the sport gets a little more healthy and he can find good support i know all the industry sponsors that were you know all over their truck would would jump right back in if Bone called them and said hey we're gonna fire things back up again yeah. we took a two-year break but but we think we can do it again or you know it's just a better time to do it yep uh, um, and I can see that happening and, and yeah, again, cause they've always been a pleasure to deal with and the, the industry sponsors are always there to support their level of support is always a bit low because again, all those people making those marketing decisions are in the sport and in power sports and know that, know that, uh, you know, you have to kind of curb your spending to make sure that you're here year after year after year. You can't just sponsor mm-hmm. everybody in the pits for whatever they ask for. Right. That's right. just, it's just not how it works, but, um, but yeah, hopefully they can come back. That'd be cool. Renthal.com, Renthal reaction on the JGRMX team going away. Uh, please check them out. Uh, hashtag Renthal, hashtag We Build Championships, hashtag Grab Life by the Bars. Uh, just look at their championships over the years uh, with the folks at Renthal. And uh, they did it again in MXGP this year, of course. Um, 
All right. Um, next up, Bullfrog Spas, uh, MCR Honda team. Um, I had heard that Justin Hill's brother Josh had been telling people the last uh, couple of weeks that J- Justin wasn't going to race for them. He wasn't going to be there. We had Tony Alessi on the show last Monday night. I specifically said, so is it all good with Hill or something like that? And, and Tony said, yep, yep, the team will be Hill, uh, McElrath, and Benny Bloss. And I'm like, okay, well, moving on. Uh, but I'd kind of heard behind the scenes that there were rumblings. Now, it just came out um, last week. Uh, Tickle is in. Justin Hill is out. Hill had a good year last year for the team, uh, not for the Salt Lake rounds, but up until the Salt Lake rounds, he was very, very good. Um, and, and him and Mookie were really surprising. They're both gone from that team now. And from what I've reached out to some people involved, and from what I gather, Hill just did not sign this contract. He, They said, uh, here's a contract. He said, okay, I'll sign it. I'll sign it. He never signed it. They said, what, what, what's the matter? And he's like, well, I just haven't signed it yet. They said, okay, can we make some changes? And he said, no or didn't do it, or whatever, and then eventually it got tired, the team got, Mike Genova got tired of that, and said, if you don't bring the contract to the track this one day, you are off the team, and he showed up at the track with no contract, and was sent home. Uh, that is that is kind of what I gather. I Obviously, Paul, uh, Justin Neal has something going on in the works. I heard he already has a gear deal with O'Neill, so he's got something that he's going to drop uh, soon about what he's doing, but a weird situation for sure, but 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 Brock Tickle, uh, your buddy Tickle, he benefits he benefits from this. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty odd, and I think it happened. You know, at least at least from I know at least from Brock's side, I know it happened very quickly. Um, and Brock was kind of in the mix when they were entertaining Shane and and Savachi. Um, they obviously ended up going with McElrath, but yeah, I, I I have no no more news or info than you do. You, you have everything that I've heard is yeah, he just didn't sign it. Um, and it's kind of, again, in a very, very weird year where seats are limited, right? Like there's yeah. less and less seats. Yeah. It's unfortunately the two guys that have had kind of, you know, people have said some things about them and working with them, or maybe it's their personalities or their attitudes or what, but there's two guys basically. And that's again, Savachi and Hill that, that weren't able to find a seat. So you got to think that it's, it's boiling down to, it's like, Hey, like, we need, you know, you need us more than we need you is uh, I think a lot of the attitudes some of the teams are taking because that's, yeah. that's true. That, that's, that's true. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Because apparently Savachi uh, had a contract also and just didn't sign it. Just chose. I don't want to do your team. Right. Interesting. That's, that's kind of what I, I heard. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. What was tick going to do? Um, Tickle was working on a privateer um, uh, effort with Chiz. On oh, okay. A certain bike. Uh, they were getting bikes and parts. I don't. I don't even. For for respect of Kyle and Chis, or Kyle Chisholm, I won't speak anymore. I don't know what he's working on, but um, I believe, yeah, Brock was going to do something with him, and maybe now the plan has changed because Brock's going MCR. But but um, but yeah, we I've spoke to Brock obviously about it quite a bit, and he always kind of gathers my opinion when it comes to things like this for his career, what have you. Just we, we're friends, right? And. And um, I think it's a good move for him. Honestly, I think it's a great place where he can extend his career. And the exciting thing is, is I think Tony Alessi is the perfect guy and the and MCR's program is the perfect kind of situation to to fix the things that Brock needs to improve on. And that's getting starts and being more aggressive and faster the first lap. I mean, those MCR bikes are always at the front. They always get starts. They always lead laps and heat races and main events. So 
if anybody can get Brock to do that, I think it's Tony Leslie and MCR, which I which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you, what Hill has to have something going on, right? I mean, we I don't know, get, but, but I we, guess we yeah. Assume? I, mean, I, I who knows, right? I don't know him at, at, good enough at all to know. Like, you know, is his is his heart still set on racing every year? Does he want to transition and do something different? I have no idea. So you have to just kind of speculate that if he maybe his plan isn't to be on such a structured supercross only deal and he wants some more freedom to do something else. I have no idea. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. It's gotta be frustrating if you're a fan of Justin Hill to be like, what are you doing? Cause look, uh, is the team perfect? No, they paid low salary. You got to earn your money, but if you do yeah. well, you do earn it. Um, it's, and you know, from people that work there, you know, they don't have a ton of rental cars. They don't stay in awesome hotels. They don't, you know I mean? Their tr- flight stuff isn't great. Right. Like all that kind of yeah. deal. But, but they get you to the races and they give you a bike that that you can do well on and they pay you if you do well right so right um yeah it's not it's not factory honda you know what i mean but but for some i i don't understand i just it's another pausing decision by Justin Hill uh i guess we'll see yeah. what he's got going on but uh do you feel like there's enough time for tick to to get up to speed and everything on a honda and all that um i mean i think so and i think that's part of it right like we're already mid-november luckily we ain't going racing until when is it january mid-january yeah 16th okay so you get a bit more time um and you always have to work through thanksgiving and christmas and new year's and and they'll do that and i mean that's the cool part about about tony and mcr is those guys work man like i get texts from tony late at night i get emails back from him late at night early in the morning he always picks up his phone the guy is passionate and he works hard and i think um you know, or actually I should say, I know that that makes a difference in the sport when you have that much love and passion for it. Um, and you dot every I and cross every T every single time the results do come eventually. So, um, yeah, so far Brock seems pretty comfortable on the bike. I mean, again, he's riding the the 2020 along with McElrath and Bloss, which is very much developed and, and Vince will be developing the 21. And, and I think it's a great plan because it, again, because it's an all new bike and because of COVID, it is difficult to get parts for the 21. So they just have abandoned it and they said, we'll race 20s. And I think Brock has been very, very impressed with the, especially with the engine so far. I don't like that plan. I just, I, I don't like it. I, I think it's silly, but um, I, I, I mean, well, I talked to, I talked to Tony about it at the track one day and yeah, and yeah his reasons are, is, is they just, they, they don't have clamps. The, the shock's all new. Um, there's, but, but, it's but, just but, very, but, but team Honda's going racing. They have parts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there's parts out there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand yeah, that. I Tony said that. Tony said the same stuff on our show. But that's a it's a better bike. I mean, you know, obviously you, when you remap and you respring it, you, you know, you and I rode the production bike. We weren't impressed, but what they're racing is 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 a hundred percent different. It's a better bike. Like I and I I just I don't understand this no parts thing. Like, a dealer is not going to be able to if you break a clutch lever uh, and you buy one of these, you can't race. Like I. What do you mean there's no parts? Like, I don't know. I mean, I get what they're well, saying, I mean, but to me, again, I go racing I, on the better bike. That's all. Well, we'd have to, and again, but I think from those guys' side is they don't, they're not fully sold that the bike is better yet. Like, it takes time, I think, to get it set up for Supercross and make sure it is correct. So right now they have a bike that they're probably going to get more support on to race because Honda is moving to the new model. So a lot of those parts well, that were model if, specific will now go JGR will if, now go to MCR, right? If, if Honda, if Honda factory can say, Hey, here's a transmission or here's this or that, you know what I mean? It, then I get it. I 100% get it. Here's a, here's a cam, you know what I mean? That yeah. we worked on. I, then, then yes, by all means do that. 
but I never heard that part of it. Um, but other than that, so I don't know, Paul. I I, I can't get on yeah. board with that to be honest. But yeah, I mean, I'm on I'm on board with it. I think you know because he again the clutch is totally different. They had to retro the retro the clutch to get to work in this new 21 bike and again i think it's it we didn't do any research right so if you go to like if you go to a honda shop can you order parts for the 2021 i don't i mean I don't you have to can you yeah is that yeah but there's a there's a inventory problem in the in all of power sports right now so i i i am not yeah i can't i can't fully agree with you to say you can go down and buy a, a subprint maybe there maybe just parts aren't available when when okay. when well, honda and all these assembly lines had to shut down i think it really affected a lot of then a lot of things then okay if you have a 2021 and you can't get a clutch plate or clutch basket then i'm in agreement but i can't see how that's possible but anyways yeah. we'll, we'll see anyways um so i don't know if i'm totally on that plan unless honda if the honda's kicking down some cool stuff then then yes i am down with that plan because yeah. you and I know what a what 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 a transmission could ratio could make a difference, what a what a clutch ratio could make, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm to be more interesting, interested, yeah. I'm more interested to know like why so many riders and and bikes on MCR and and the talk to go outdoors. Like, it's a big team, right? Four 450 guys. Yeah, from what I've been told, the outdoors are like, hey, we're gonna go to them, and if our guys are crushing it, we'll keep going, <laughs> and if our guys aren't crushing it, we won't go. You know, okay. so that's kind of what I've been told. Like that's their plan, right? They, they'll give their guys a shot because they all want to do outdoors. I'm sure Tick does. You know, um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But a very puzzling decision by Justin Hill. Yeah, weird. Yeah, I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, and we'll learn. Right, we'll see what happens. But but Tick's got a good bike and a good team, and uh, you know it's a good good spot. And yeah, like you said, that's a that's a strong team, man. Bloss, McElrath, Freeze, and Tickle. Like that's a. That's a, that's a five to twelve, five to thirteen place guys. You know, maybe fifteen, yeah, maybe fifteenth, but five to fifteen. That's that's still four four Hondas in the main event every weekend, which I think all those guys are capable and expected yes. to be in the main event every weekend. So yep, I agree. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a strong team, and and I, you know, Tony has so much experience through what he learned through his his sons, obviously in racing that. Um, I, I think it's awesome that there's a good safe yeah. place for other riders to go because you know how it goes. Once you trickle down from the, the factory level, um, you start using less reliable parts and you have more inexperienced mechanics and it just, it's, it gets more dangerous. I think on the lower level teams where I think yeah. Tony's team is, yep. is, is knowledgeable, safe. Um, you know, I think they, yeah, they're Tony obviously puts himself out there on the track. He doesn't want his guys getting hurt because of some stupid mechanical. So, mm -hmm. um, it's a good place for those guys to go to be on a program that they can trust and, and yeah, go race supercross. Yep. Uh, all right. Anything else on the, any of these situations? Did we cover them good enough here? I think that's all of it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, RIP JGR. That sucks. I don't know why Parabinos, I feel different about the JGR thing compared to the Geico thing. Like they're both terrible. Is it because they gave you coffee every weekend? Ooh, it's a good point. I, I got stuff from Geico <laughs> really though, good too. Snack drawer. No, I got stuff from Geico too. Uh, I, you know what? I did spend, uh, yeah, way more time uh, at JGR. It, was, it was the banter, right? It was the, it was, it yeah. was there. They were always a fun truck to go and talk to, right? Yeah, Boy is, yeah. a, is a unique personality. J Bone is always very candid, um, always sh shot, you know. Yep you know, shoot you straight. And, and it was just a fun truck to go visit by. Everybody was, was cool over there. You know, one time, uh, Coy threw a water bottle at me and it bounced off my head. And then, uh, while I was interviewing <laughs> a rider and I wrote a letter to JGR HR, I got the, the email from, uh, from somebody there. And I wrote an email to JGR HR complaining about my treatment at Mr. from Mr. Gibbs. 
you know? Yeah. And totally yeah. dead serious. Like just I'm a I'm a I'm a world renowned journalist and I've been dis- <laughs> I've been humiliated and disgraced by Mr. Gibbs. You know what I mean? And this and that. Yeah. And I, I calculate I, I wrote down all the all the insults he called me, you know what I mean? And all this. Yeah. And I said and Coy loved it. Coy laughed at and I said, Well, <laughs> did it really get you in trouble? He's like, No, that's my secretary. She's not gonna do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's, it's just a good family-run company, it's right? Great. It's not a corporate corporate right. um, uh, HR department. <laughs> no, they didn't really care that Coy Gibbs has been harassing a world-renowned journalist under their under yeah. their tent. So, uh, yeah, we will miss them. Hopefully, they come back and uh, uh, shitty by uh, by everything for the industry for sure. Uh, Brenthal dot com. Please go there, get some bars. Like I said, they make uh, bars for all sorts of stuff, um, uh, sprockets as well, uh, and whatever you want. You want a crossbar? No problem. You want seven eighths? No problem. You want no crossbar? No problem. They got you covered. Rentall.com for more information on that. Uh, Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. See you.